<clears throat> Hello everybody, welcome to Veilcast, brought to you by Motive. My name is Simo, today I'm joined by Callum. Say hello Callum. Good evening Simo, how are we doing mate? I'm doing very, very well. Callum, have you been enjoying the Euros? Uh, well, I was up until the other night, um, uh, or the other, the other afternoon <laughs> I should say, but uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, it's it's great to see international football back, you know, as much as it's got its, its pros and cons obviously, but um, you know, it, it kind of keeps inching us ever closer to, to some form of normality anyway and hey there's fans in the stadiums as well so you know it's 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 looking good we just need maybe one or two of the results could have been a bit different but uh, i'm sure we'll get into that as well tonight but no on the whole you know up for it i've got my flags up you know so you know uh, we'll see what happens over the next couple of games and then i can maybe pick another flag to support but you know we'll we'll stay positive and we'll see how we go yeah very much in the same boat as you mate it was all going hunky-dory till a certain afternoon <laughs> um and I very much spat the dummy. Uh, before we get in, we are going to talk quite a lot about the, the first match week of the Euros. Um, but before we do that, we've got a wee bit of fail news. We have two new signings to announce. We have Sean McIntosh from Dufftown um, Football Club at 26 years old. He's a goalkeeper. Uh, we also have Michael Watson, who's also of Dufftown, um, who is 21 years old and is a midfielder. Uh, we're both looking forward to seeing Sean uh, and Michael, um, hopefully starting soon. Uh, as we go into our pre-season, properly starting next week, uh, all the lads are in training, um, working hard, essentially just doing all the fitness stuff, and then we'll get properly into match fitness stuff as we go through mm-hmm. quite a lot of friendlies. I've read out the friendlies list a few episodes ago. I think it's up mm-hmm. on the website, or it'll be on Twitter somewhere. Uh, I don't have it off the top of my head, but yeah. Yeah. No, it's on It's on the It's yeah. on the Twitter page. Um, you know, we've, we've got... Uh, Anthony, who's our uh, kind of club graphic designer, who, who does a lot of lot of great work behind the scenes and goes unnoticed sometimes, but you know, with his help, we've been able to kind of uh, rebrand uh, the club over the last couple of seasons, I suppose, and, and working on a few new ideas for for the coming season. So, a big thanks to him for all his help with that. Um, but yeah, you'll find all the all the fixtures on on Twitter, and um, you know, I suppose at this stage we're we're still just kind of keeping an eye out for what we can and can't do in terms of fans being there. Um, you know, I mentioned their fans being back at the Euros and we're still not really sure if you can come and gather yeah. around the side of the pitch at Princess Royal yet. But, you know, we'll we'll just keep everybody updated with that um, as we as we move through. But no, yeah, really pleased to see another couple of new faces coming in the door. Um, Sean, you know, in particular has got Highland League experience uh, with, with Rothis. So, you know, good uh, good competition there for, for Gav still. Um, James Blanchard, obviously still very much with the club and, and maybe focusing a little bit more on the, on the coaching side at the moment. But, I don't think he's quite hanging up the gloves just yet either. So, you know, three very, very good um, sitting at sitting at the veil at the moment. So, so yeah, that'll be exciting. And Michael, obviously, another midfield uh, player coming in. Uh, we also had the young lads coming through last week. Um, and, and Michael coming in uh, gives, you know, an extra couple of years experience to, to that too. So, so yeah, um, you know, watch this space for any, you know, maybe new signings before uh, the start of the new season, whether that's done before all these friendly start or not, we'll soon see. But I know Craig and Mo are, are still working really, really hard on, on getting a few new faces in as well ahead of the, the season. So, yeah, again, just as before, you know, we'll break that news just as soon as we can. Um, we'll obviously discuss it here as well, Simo. And, uh, yeah, no, hopefully we'll, we'll have some more positive news to keep sharing over the, the next few weeks. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, big shout out, Anthony. He's obviously done quite a wee bit yes. of the cast. <laughs> Aye, he's, he's been a massive, you know, just, just yeah, to, uh, you know, give him a big head, I suppose. But, um, you know, he's he's... You know, really changed things up for the club when he when he got involved, and you know, really appreciate all the help and support that he's giving. You know, personally to, to myself and, and my kind of commercial role, I suppose. But 
you know, right across the club. And, you know, that obviously touches on to, to Vailcast and some of the, the ideas that, that you've got, Simo, from a, a media point of view. So, yeah, couldn't do it without him. You know, I think when you look back, you know, just a couple of years ago um, when it was me, myself and I just putting together bits and learning <laughs> on the job and stuff, you know, it was uh, a little bit trickier, but no, Anthony's come in and we've seen a lot, you know, we had it, obviously it wasn't the greatest game or, or result, but uh, with, the, with the Scottish Cup uh, round just at Christmas time there, put a, a fantastic kind of Christmas feel onto those match day adverts and we've seen some retro kind of things as well from kits through the years. So, you know, I think Anthony really deserves to get a shout out because, you know, as I say, he's, he's not one that's in the limelight as such. So, uh, but without him, the you know the the, the quality of of the club kind of graphics and stuff would be nowhere near what it is now. So, no, thanks again yeah. to him. Yeah, he is the boy. Now let's go to Euros. <laughs> um, should we go to the opening game, which was Turkey, Italy, Turkey? Um, having a difficult old tournament <laughs> thus far. Yeah, Italy opened us up, and I believe they are from looking back on it. Yeah, the first goal of the tournament was an own goal. Um, very much set a tone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, all the great, uh, all the great tournaments start off with an own goal, though, don't they? Exactly. So, um, you know, we saw that in in Brazil. What was that? Twenty fourteen. Uh, I think it was Mar- Marcello got uh, an own goal uh, going against Brazil that time. So, so yeah, I think it was an unlucky one as well. But um, yeah, kind of set the tone, I suppose, for for Turkey's tournament so far. Um, you know, obviously at time of recording, and um, they've they've completed their second game as well. And uh, we'll do one of those if you don't know. Don't want to know the scores and look away now, but it doesn't look like they're going to be uh, sticking around for too long. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people saying that this this um, Italian side was maybe getting a little bit aged. I mean, Benucci and Cellini, I feel like I've been two years off retirement for the last 10 years. Uh, they just don't seem to get any older. I feel like the <laughs> it's one of the things that proves we're in the simulation, like Cellini's been 33 for like <laughs> for about 10 years. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought uh, they were good. good so, sorry, Simo. Sorry, Simo. Totally lost you for the last 20 seconds there, mate. Did you? Oh, never mind. Yeah. I was just talking rubbish. I'll give it another <laughs> go. Yeah, oh. <laughs> we snap in the post-edit. Uh, I was just saying, um, in terms of, of at least side, uh, people have saying it's, it's, it's getting a wee bit aged. Um, in terms of Benucci and Chilene, but I feel like they've just been like two years off retirement for the last ten years. Uh, Absolutely, Absolutely. They just, they're they're they they're ageless. The those both two, from, both from Absolutely. just I mean, such they, good jobs. I I, uh, I feel as though it went from you know Maldini and and his kind of lot, and then straight into these two. Really, I know probably doing a disservice to a couple of centre halves in between there, no doubt. But mm-hmm. yeah, I can't I can't remember an Italian uh, defence without them in it for the last God knows how long. Um, just need Buffon behind them there to, to really push that that age uh, that age average up in the squad, I suppose. But you know something, you know before the tournament, I don't think anybody really picked them as one to watch. Um, you know, I'd been on a, a a couple of shows and we, you know, there'd been discussions about the Italians and it was, you know, yeah, they'll, you know, they're not the force they were. They'll, you know, maybe sneak out of the group, but you know that'll probably be them kind of thing. And you know something they've really shown just in that first game, you know, last week. Know, really shown that they're still a force to be reckoned with. You know, um, the scoreline, you know, obviously was uh, was relatively tight, I suppose. But um, you know, in terms of performance, one of the best Italian performances I've seen in a long, long time. So yeah, they're they're one to, to keep an eye on. That's for sure as this tournament uh, matures. Definitely don't look like there'll be any sort of pushovers. Um, you know, with Gior- no. Jorginho, Barella, um, and that midfield are going to be difficult to play against. Obviously, the, the ever-present Benucci and Cellini at centre-back pairing in front. Donnarumma, a highly rated keeper, probably in the top you know, five in the world right now. Um, so they're definitely not going to be any sort of pushover. I think any side that's going to, going to face Italy is going to not have a, 
a, a particularly easy time with it. Uh, Turkey definitely, mm-hmm. you know, they struggled in key areas. I mean, I think Sionchu had a <laughs> who's a crack of defender in the Premier League had a, a bit yeah. of a difficult game. Um, really struggled, but you know, uh, if you look on it where Turkey went after that and they've just played Wales and lost 2-0 uh, to not, I've not actually watched the game yet because we were just getting ready for, for Valecast but mm-hmm. yeah, I was uh, not the greatest performance from them no. you know Wales <laughs> you know and, and we will we'll touch on Wales obviously uh, a bit more but um, I would say you know again it was a last minute kind of goal the second one for Wales there so it, it, it wasn't an all-round spanking that they gave them but you know Turkey had a few chances but aside from that there wasn't really too much to write home about from their side Apart from a, a bit of ill-discipline uh, on both sides, you know, I suppose, but seemed to be kind of initiated by the, by the Turks. So, um, so yeah, I think I don't think they'll look back with uh, a lot to uh, you know a lot of praise for themselves over the last couple of games. In all honesty, but uh, ah, you never know what might happen. They they could still uh, qualify as as one of those best third place uh, finishers, I suppose. Um, you know, three points is potentially enough to do that. So, all depends what happens in the. In the Italy game, which, uh, as I say, time of recording is, is tonight, but by the time you guys will be all, be all watching this, it'll have been last night. But um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, where that group goes. Well, as far as my way, I think because four of the six uh, third places are going to go through, I think just a win in third place is enough to get you through. I mean, that's probably what we <laughs> sort of need to be hoping for as Scotland is that we get through as one of the better fourth, fourth place. Third place. <sighs> if, we can, if we can manage it, obviously we get Czech Republic to get ahead of. I mean, it's going to be extremely difficult for us to get through. And uh, now we need to yes. put in a couple of good performances. We need to win a game at the very least. Um, but we'll come on to Scotland in a little yeah. bit. I want to go next Absolutely. to Wales, Switzerland, which is a really competitive fixture. I thought Wales weren't too bad. Um, but then Jordan Shakira really came into his own. Jordan Shakira has not played a, a, a massive amount of football this season, struggled with injuries and struggled with getting in the team in general at Liverpool. Um, really, he was he was a talisman for Switzerland. You, you can tell how important he is to that side. And the, I think the commentator mentioned some stats that he's he was involved in an assisting or scoring like that ten goals in the last in, in the in the last um, five qualifying games or something like that. Uh, but yeah, he, he he was super important when he came off. It kind of allowed Wales to to come on to him a wee bit, and the the big Absolutely. man Keith Moore eventually got his got his head on it. He missed Definitely. earlier on in the game, one that he probably could have scored. Probably he missed the easier chance earlier on in the game and then put away the, the, the harder one. Um, I think mm-hmm. um, Switzerland did a good job of marking Gareth Bale out the game. Gareth Bale couldn't really be effective at all. It was much more Dan James that was uh, the... Um, and, and do you think that's runner. maybe, just just with the profile, and you know, obviously Dan James you know, playing for Man United, he's not an unknown player by any stretch of the imagination, but when you've got a team that has Gareth Bale as the the star man, kind of I suppose Portugal with Ronaldo maybe in a similar boat, but um, you know when you've got Gareth Bale there, who is that kind of key talisman for for Wales? Do you think that's maybe going to their advantage almost that you know these teams are doubling, tripling up on him, and then you've got you know Nippy Dan James coming right through the, the the back of them, you know? So yeah, I think Wales could be on a winner with that kind of setup, and um, we've seen that again this evening um, or, or last night for for those watching, um, you know that again Bale. You know, he had his few a few flashes and, and set up the second goal tonight as well. But you know, Dan James again was a was a standout performer for them and, and big mood up front. You know, doing doing the job. Danny Ward in goals. Um, you know, is somebody that um, you know job. Scottish football fans will will be familiar with from his loan spell at Aberdeen a few years ago. Um, absolutely, you know, top form he's been in the last couple of games. You know, and I think uh, they they've got a lot to thank him for for some crucial big saves in in both games that 
gives them the, the position that they're in just now. So, so yeah, I think Wales could be, again, one of those teams that, that progresses. Well, they, I, I don't think there's any doubt they probably will progress now. Um, and they'll be one to, to keep an eye on because they can give any team a, a, a good match, that's for sure. Well, they have the quality to... Uh... In, in areas of the pitch like Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, Dan James, these are these are top quality, these are top class players, you know, that can they can really change games when they're when they're, when they're on one. Uh yeah, mm-hmm. but I think Switzerland did a decent job. I think Switzerland are un- unlucky to take the uh, take the win because I did think they, they played well enough to get the win. Um but yeah, I think they did a really good job at, at marking um, Gareth Bale out of the game and not not letting him be as effective as he can be mm-hmm. as a world class player that he is. Um let's go next to um Let's go next to. We're not going to cover all the games. We'll go mm-hmm. next to Belgium, Russia. Uh, Belgium show just how good they can be. I mean, these these are these are. I love the way Belgium play. I, I really do love the way Belgium. Play. A lot of people's yes. pick for the for the tournament as well. You know, they're yeah. like, again they're one of those. I think maybe still ranked number one in the world at the moment. Um, you know, they they probably need that tournament win to back that up. I suppose now they've they've kind of been there or thereabouts for the for the last wee while, but. I think you know really they'll they'll be looking at you know the final as a as a minimum really in terms of having a successful tournament. So um, again, they're one of those squads that you know the core of it hasn't really changed over the last few years. Um, you know when you look at their um, you know from from goalkeeper up, I suppose you know Courtois in there between the sticks, and then you know um, who have they got there? Vertonghen still kicking about, I think, and yeah, Denier, Elder and, um, yeah, Elder between them, all there. Mm-hmm. And um, so they've had that kind of stability, um, you know, Kevin De Bruyne in the middle, um, you know, Lukaku up front, you know, those kind of guys have given them, you know, a really good nucleus of a squad for the last five, six years plus almost, you know, so, um, and then, you know, complemented by a few young players that have come in, um, you know, maybe moved up from the under 21s over the last couple of years. And again, some of those kind of more experienced heads as well. Um, I'm not actually sure if he's in the squad at the moment, but um, you know Carrasco, um, you know, who went out and played China for a wee while. Yeah. Um, so he is okay. There we go. You know more than I do. Um, so you know a, a bit of a more of an experienced head there as well. Um, you know, and, and you know some past players maybe that you know again maybe didn't make the squad, but we'll be looking at, at maybe coming back in the future. So so yeah, I think they are definitely one of those teams that they need to, they need to win something though. You know, you look back on, and I know we'll, we'll talk about England as well at some point, I'm sure. But, you know, you look back at that kind of golden generation that they had, your, your Beckhams and Lampards and Gerrards and all that, and, you know, not really anything to show for it. I think if Belgium don't win something soon, um, then they're they're in danger of maybe ending up in the same boat. And um, yes, they've, you know, achieved the, the number one in the rankings. But, you know, unless your name's getting etched onto those trophies, then it doesn't really yeah. count very much. You don't get a trophy for that, do you? Um, in terms of how Belgium play, I think Russia were, were poor all round. Like front to back, they were poor from the keeper to the centre backs, even right up to Gov, and um, they were they were not they were not very impressive this game at all. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the way Belgium played, and I think see Kevin De Bruyne was in this in this team, and it didn't look like they skipped a beat because they've got mm-hmm. they've got a two man midfield of of Telemans and Dendonka, two really hard running. Um, midfielders that have got a really, really good passing range, able to win the ball, able to in- intercept the ball, we've got a bit of strength and height about them as well, uh, Yuri Telemans in particular. Um, and they can play in a proper two-man midfield against against essentially three midfielders. Yeah. And I think having Lukaku is able to drop deep 
and, and won the ball um, high up the pitch and, and Lukaku was just so effective he was he was everywhere on this pitch and he really developed it and back into that form that everybody's seen at Everton um, but even having players like uh, Dedrick Boyata uh, Boya has had a really good season at Eartha Berlin um, he's able to step out that three man and lead that three man defence of like Vertonghen and Alderweireld who also have great passing ranges are able to switch the play I think yeah they're just front to back they just set up so fluid um, yeah. There's a confidence there as well, you know. I must, yeah. say, you know, they've got that kind of, you know, nothing really seems to phase them. You know, they'll go through and play their game. You know, they don't seem to be adapt or, or changing their game. You know, or trying to force it to to play against certain opposition. Um. So yeah, again, they're they're definitely a standout for potentially making it all the way through uh, to to the final. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll just wait and see what happens with the rest of that group. Obviously. Just to maybe mention the the other game uh, in that group, obviously with with Denmark and Finland. Um, you know, firstly was uh, you know absolutely a, a horrific thing to see. Um, you know, on a on a football pitch and um, you know watching that live. Um, you know, was was heartbreaking to watch that. To be honest, one of the scariest things I think I've seen on a football pitch in a in a long long time. So, um, great to see though that he, he you know seems to be on the mend, Ericsson. You know, he's obviously put out a few updates and. Um, and things like that but uh, again the Denmark coach came out the other day you know kind of criticising UEFA a little bit for, for kind of backing them into a corner almost and, and getting that game finished that night so you know I think Denmark you know I don't think they can be judged on that result uh, or certainly the, the the second game if you will the performance there because obviously their minds would have been elsewhere so you know it'll be interesting to see just what they can do to maybe pick themselves back up again um, to see if they can compete um, yeah, you know, in, in this group so um, but yeah, as I say, it's a really scary moment, and, and a particularly, you know, the the time of day it was on as well. You know, there've been a lot of uh, families sat around the TV watching that one. Obviously, his own, you know, kind of family in the stands as well. You know, absolutely uh, something that you know you just never think you're going to see. Um, but just shows that human nature of football as well, I suppose. So, but all the best to him in his recovery. Oh yeah, absolutely, and he is doing well. And released a statement, I think, mm-hmm. yesterday, um, to say that he was doing, he was doing well. Um, an absolutely horrendous experience for for the for the Denmark team and the fans in the stadium as well. And, and t- to be watching at home, I was I was the same myself. I was absolutely shocked, mortified. Uh, that to the point I couldn't believe what I was what I was seeing on the telly. Um, I mm-hmm. think Denmark coach was had every right to come out and, and criticise uh, about having to play. I couldn't believe that they they actually played the match in the evening. I was shocked, absolutely was shocked. Really, to be honest with really, you, really, really yeah. shocked. Um, and you know, I I probably could have said that they. They, they they could have cut away from Christian Eriksen and given some privacy, especially if he's in such a, a vulnerable state. I work in trauma medicine. That is that's that's what I do is for for my living. So I know I know what it's like to to be in a situation where I've been with a patient that's in cardiac arrest. You know, and it's uh, it's it's not a, it's 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 a horrible experience. And you know, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. I think the 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 way the referee stopped the game immediately, and the 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 you know the the um, the medical team was was on the on the scene. You know, extremely quick. I think the players. I think the awareness has been raised on this though yeah. for the last couple of years. Obviously, we saw it, you know, a few years ago now with Fabrice Mwamba, and I know he's come out and, and made comments and been referred to a lot in the media uh, for the, the last couple of days. But you know, one positive, I suppose, from what happened to, to Mwamba um, was that you know a lot of clubs, you know, were able to to get uh, the the defib machines and you know 
people were kind of just getting a, gen- a bit more general awareness of, of what to do in those kind of situations. And I know we we put out a, a, a graphic that's been, it's actually been shared around social media quite a lot uh, from a, a few different outlets um, around the kind of CPR and the different methods for, for dealing with adults and infants and things like that. Um, but, you know, nothing nothing better than going and getting advice from the professionals and, and we've we're very lucky you know in in uh, particularly in in our kind of northeast pocket that you know we have a number of organizations who are you know absolutely fantastic at going out and uh, giving this training to to people we we get that you know with the community coaches uh, from the community club um i know um, there's a, a few guys on the on the board at locos who um who, who have that kind of first aid uh, company as well so you know there's no shortage of that in the highland league and, you know, where maybe we do, obviously we don't have the same level of medical provision as you do for a major championships like that or even you know, Premier League game or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's a scary experience. But, you know, if you're able to equip yourself with, with the skills to know even what to do for that first minute, then that can make the difference. You know, we saw that with uh, the, the Denmark captain, um, you know, Simon yeah. Kier, um, who was able to, to check the unswell of his tongue, put him in the recovery position. Um, and even that, you know, 20 seconds between, you know, him going down and, and the medical staff getting to him, could have been well. You'll know better than me on that one, of course, Simo. But you know, could well have been vital. Um, and obviously, he's been getting a lot of praise uh, here in the in the press for for the way that he handled things, uh, along with Casper uh, Schmeichel, um, who has seen his fair share of trauma over the last couple of years. Obviously, with the horrendous uh, helicopter crash for, for the Leicester City chairman. So, you know, these guys have, have kind of um, really kind of helped take Denmark forward. I think out of what could have been a, a potential tragedy. Um, and yeah, hopefully they're able to to refocus, you know, regroup and come out stronger for it as well. And and hopefully we can see them, you know, get out of this group too. I hope so. I hope so. I'm hoping they go as far as they possibly can. And mm-hmm. um, hundred percent. I mean, uh, it's the defib that's the important part of CPR. Um, essentially, chest compressions and that is, is what you do until the defib arrives. Mm-hmm. So defibs. I mean, there's been a lot of good publicity about defibs and what they actually do in the, in the recent since uh, the uh, Christian Eriksen actually you know the, the day after they arrested people were wondering what was the kit they were using um, and yeah defibs and then when you notice how easy it is of a, a bit of equipment to use I do a lot of BLS training uh, and the defibs these days they're, they're built to talk to you um, you open it up you start it and it speaks to you and, and talks you through it and the, the pads have like you know they have essentially cut out images of where to put the the, the pads. They're so compared to where they were like ten, yeah. fifteen years ago. They are world class now. Oh, they um, just yeah, they'll talk you through it step by step, don't yeah. they? You know, so yeah, anybody really can go and use them. Cap. Yeah, um, I must admit, I was um, I did see on Twitter, and I think this was uh, uh, a semi-pro or amateur club down in England. I'd had their uh, just, and this was after the Ericsson incident as well. I'd had their see, yeah, I know vandalized, exactly what you're talking about. Um, which is absolutely well, sickening why would you? to, to see that. Why I mean, just an absolute disgrace, to be honest. But you know, we have we do have these facilities available to us. You know, it's in you know not just in football stadiums, in public parks, and places like that. There are these um, you know pieces of equipment available, and please just you know don't um, don't do anything that might cause those machines to to not work when they need to because you never know whose life they might save. So, um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I just wanted to make a quick mention on, on, on that as well, obviously. So, um, and that takes us nicely, I suppose, into uh, group D really, doesn't it? So with, uh, uh, with England and, uh, and Scotland's group. So um, England obviously got off to, to a good start against Croatia, a bit of revenge for their uh, world cup semi-final a couple of years ago. 
um, a bit of a, a non-event of a game, really, for me. There wasn't really too much that I was watching that was exciting me. <laughs> I think my, my mind was maybe a bit more on, on thinking about Scotland. But, um, you know, again, that gives England every, every confidence of, of topping that group now, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely does. They've got, they've done the... Um... That is probably going to be the hardest game of the group. Is, is going to yeah. be Croatia, even though they are again maybe another side that's that's aging a, a wee bit. Um, I mean, it's still a fantastic side, Croatia. I mean, the the, the midfield, Mod, uh, Modric, uh, Bandiolina, uh, Brozovic, fantastic player, Kovacic, just obviously uh, involved in the Champions League winning squad mm-hmm. at Chelsea. Uh, these are that's a good midfield to come up against, and I think. Um, Right. It was their defence, maybe that yeah. I think let them down a little bit. You know, they seem that would seem to be all the kind of pre-match chat was around. You know, that kind of yeah. centre half pairing. I mean, I like the is it Vida, Vida one of their centre Vida and um, Kletikar, I think is yeah. one of the defenders at Marseille, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we all know who Vida is, but uh, yeah. So Borna Barisic as well, who's obviously yes. plays in the SPFL, has become an important part of the Croatia side. Uh, it was unable for it wasn't available for selection um you know uh it was a bit of a it, it was a it was a slow burner this match i mean i think yeah. it did feel like from from the first half i think croatia were equal to england um in terms of like defensive play and, and, and things mm-hmm, like that but mm-hmm. yeah i mean it wasn't a, it's not a game that's going to throw you this this 90 minutes no uh, not really I did think not really and just as... was 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 really really <laughs> impressive I, I was fact, just I a way it... to talk about him <laughs> just a way to say this god reincarnated calvin phillips you know and know, uh, yeah. uh you know it's not like the the english press to, to get carried away with themselves of course but um <laughs> i know i he's a good young player um you know good, good pass that he made for the goal you know but you know he's uh he's no billy gilmore is he you know so <laughs> not his best day. No, I mean, of course. I mean, I think the the, the entire England midfield did really, really well. Declan Rice, Mason Mount, and, and Phillips they were up against a hard midfield in Croatia, and they did really well. Sterling had a particularly good game. Uh, Harry Kane wasn't really in it much for me. Um, I think the the entire England back line was again didn't have too much to do. But yeah, yeah. Tyrone Mings was was particularly good. George Stones was particularly good. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, Sterling I mean, I needed to, he needed yeah. that game, didn't he? You know, Sterling needed. He, he seemed to be the one that again was a bit of a surprise inclusion, potentially even in the entire squad. But let alone in the starting eleven, um, when you consider some of the competition for for his place, yeah, uh, and he, he needed to put in a big performance, and, and and subsequently did. So you know, hats off to him. And um, Tyrone Mings, I think, just to maybe make mention, um, you know, obviously he's been in the press again the last couple of days for, I suppose. Football, yeah, non-football reasons around the, the whole taking the knee uh, kind of stance um, with with some of the, the comments that have been coming out from uh, people in the government and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I think across football, everybody stands, you know, alongside them really in terms of still wanting to, to put this message across. And it's not something that, you know, even at our level that we'll stop, um, you know, promoting the fact that there has to be a quality in the game. So uh, I, I do tip my hat to, to Tyrone Minks for coming out and, and staying strong on that. Impressive young man. It was yeah. <laughs> essentially looking at giving up football just as he was approaching his twenties, and now he's playing for England at a, Euro- a European finals, uh, which is just just insane. So well, well done, him. I mean, um, in terms of Raheem Sterling, obviously coming off a difficult one, losing the Champions League final, um, Manchester City. Obviously, he's had, he's been criticised a little bit for his performances this season. Mm-hmm. I think that's due to the ridiculous high standards he set of himself. But if you are going to play in the Man City side, you do need to perform. That is, 
a side that expects world class players there when you're playing in a side that that's you know get a five hundred million pound backline. Uh, they expect to be winning Champions Leagues and, and league titles. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's, he's in one of those sides where you can win the league and it's still considered a bad season. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure some Man City fans would say, you know, it's all about the league and, and stuff like that, but it's easy to say. Even. <laughs> easy I think to it was, you know, the first title maybe was, obviously it was important because it has been a hell of a long time. And we're, mm. we're taking a bit of a history through football now, but, you know, that first title was important just to get the monkey off the back and get them onto that kind of track. Now I think the title is is the it's, it's the expectation really isn't it you know that it, it's it's a complete failure of a season if that doesn't happen um, I think now for them success is viewed as you know winning a Champions League um, you know and obviously got that that opportunity to do that just a few weeks ago but um, yeah it's an impossible job almost I think and and you know I'm sure if if that success doesn't come soon you know Guardiola is known for for not hanging around too long if he if he doesn't feel that he's he's on a winner so you know there could be change there in the next few years if they don't go on yeah. to win that champions league it's just it's just a it's it's a, it's a part of playing in that sort of like super demanding world-class environment you know what i mean it's, you could be an outstanding footballer but if you're not like if you're not at a 10 almost every weekend and you know or every <laughs> every normally two matches a week sometimes for you know hmm. uh, <laughs> with a modern game if you're not if you're not like uh, uh, play eight nines and tens every every time you're on the pitch then you, you know you're heavily criticized the same with yeah. you know real madrid and, and barcelona you know they can have world-class players that just they just don't make it you know and i think raheem sterling's still in that bracket of like you know squad that's worth you know almost like two billion pounds at this point you know they do expect absolute elite performances at every Definitely. single match um, so it's not he's, he's been out in this match he's been the difference maker uh, against a, a hard Croatia side that were clearly there to you know, keep the ball and, and make it difficult for England but yeah I mean he is, he is a tremendous young player I mean there is a reason why he's, he is playing in that Man City side that could virtually have any player they want in the planet <laughs> minus maybe one or two um, <laughs> yeah so that's enough about the noisy neighbours how do I talk yes, too much? Yes, let's move on. Anyway, let's yeah. move on. We've not <laughs> even covered our, our mighty Scotland just yet. So, Should we um, come on to your misfortune? Get it out of the way. Let's, yeah, why not? Why not? We've got to speak about it at some point, I suppose. Um, yeah, it was an absolute sickener, um, to be honest. It was uh, all the hype and just a, a complete non, non-event, non really. Um, the second goal, obviously, can kind of knock the stuffing out of us. And, you know, I would, as a... A former uh, amateur goalie myself, and and you know, so I had a, had a quick chat with uh, with Blanche about this one as well. You know, I don't wasn't overly happy with all the stick that's heading David Marshall's way. Um, when you look at the position of the team and things like that in the pitch, it was uh, the goalkeepers' club, unions coming out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe we'll maybe get uh, we'll get Gav and Sean and that on next week to maybe have a chat about it. But um, you know, the position that the team were in, um, you know. Yeah, he it stems from from um, Jack but, Hendry taking yeah. a shot on, taking a shot on it. Probably, you know something. I I praised him to the hill after the the Netherlands friendly, and um, I I don't want to see him in a Scotland shirt the rest of this tournament. To be honest with you, you know, not just that incident um, in terms of going for a worldie from however many yards out he was. I don't know exactly what he was thinking of doing. Five yards out. Um, yeah, I don't know what he was what he was thinking with with that one, but I think just the entire game he struggled. Um, you know, I think ultimately, I think Scott McTominay ended up back in centre half uh, to see out the game and, and looked a hell of a lot more comfortable as as we would expect. Uh, I think Kieran Tierney, you know, if he's able to come back in for the England game, then you know he's he's uh, 
going to take that place. I think Cooper's done enough to, to hold on to his spot. Uh, I think he performed quite admirably. Um, and Grant Hanley's a solid enough option there as well. So, you know, I think we may see a change there. Um, either Tierney coming in um, or McTominay dropping back um, would, be, would be an option. I was so, so gutted Tierney missed that match. Yeah. I was so, so gutted. Because I just came out of the blue as well, thinking, you know? Yeah, and no one was really expecting it. And I was thinking, you know, if you're going to miss... Gonna miss a game, Kieran. Don't miss this one. This is the one we need to get the points in. I know. This is the one we absolutely because if we're going to sneak in that back door, getting a getting a third place um, by, you know what I mean. We need to beat the Czech Republic, and I think export. We've been exactly. a lot of what a lot of our prep for this has been working Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson into this system, and they are by far our biggest threat. And by the way, they play with their underlapping and overlapping runs. Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that that was our outball. That was our talisman. Essentially, was coming from the left hand side with, with either Andy Robertson and Keir to the bomber on. They had a good thing down. They pretty much had it down in a tee, just ready for coming into the tournament. And then the fact that Keir Tierney goes missing, Liam Cooper has to come in. He's obviously you're not going to see Liam Cooper. It's a completely him. different player, you know, just a completely you know, different player. He's uh, he's an out and out centre half, Cooper, you know, and and that's and that's the job like, he's there to do, you know. But yeah, Tierney like, was a big miss. I feel like that outlet, a lot of that pressure went over to Stephen O'Donnell, and I just don't think he was equal to it. I mean, early on, he's like gets the ball stuck under his feet, he goes out out for a throw in. Early on in the match, kind of sets the tone. I think you know that we're in a good position there. I mean, these these little mistakes they make quite a lot of them. They add up to poor performances, and I don't think he was good enough on the day. Stephen mm-hmm. O'Donnell needs to get out and block that cross for the first goal for me. And I think Grant Handler needs to be rougher. He needs to be getting in and Chick's face um, as well. And I mean, Stephen, I think Stephen O'Donnell's fine to be on the pitch because we're mainly going down the left hand side with Kieran Tierney and Andrew Roberts, mm-hmm. and all the play mm-hmm. is focused down the, the left hand side. Um, but I think if, if, if I, I, Tierney or Robertson is going to be missing, I think it need either a Ryan Fraser or a, or a Jamie Forrest. I'd even take a Nathan Patterson over Stephen O'Donnell or more attacking. I, I'm just going to say, do you think you O'Donnell's getting some of this stick just because of the, the kind of clamour for Patterson to have been in that starting 11? And, you know, I was I was just as guilty as everybody else. You know, I think last week on Veilcast, I was saying, you know, that I would be perfectly happy to see Patterson in it right back instead of O'Donnell or right wing back instead of O'Donnell. Um, and obviously it was O'Donnell that got the nod. You know, as you say, made a couple of mistakes, you know, um, you know, with, with, the, with the ball getting under the feet, not blocking the cross, things like that. But do you think those mistakes have just been kind of highlighted even more because of this kind of new new talent that's coming through? No, I think it would have been highlighted either way. I really do. Uh, and, you know, okay. I think if we're going to play that, that back five and we're going to stretch the plane and we're going to go wide and we're going to try and find, you know, Lyndon Dykes, um, or Shea Adams on, on this bit, that sort of big centre and half, then you, yeah. they need to be... I mean, I think, for me, Stephen O'Donnell showed his level. There is yeah. a reason why, you know, a lot of these players are at these tournaments, they are playing in Europa League, Champions League, they're playing in one of the top five leagues in Europe, you know what I mean, which we are not part of in terms of competitive mm-hmm. leagues, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And Stephen O'Donnell's Absolutely. never really hit that top level, and it, it was kind of found out that way. And I think when Jamie Forrest came on, you know, if we stretched the play, the the the, the plan seemed yeah. to be a bit better for us. You know, when I, I thought Forrest was outstanding when he came on, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And I, I was surprised to see him coming on. Yeah, far too late, far too late. I mean, I was surprised to see him his number go up. To be honest, but um, you know, I think he, you know, I think he starts the England game now. You know, I don't, I don't think Clark will put Patterson into that. Um, I, I then hope that 
you know, he's not just putting Patterson in and, and likes a Gilmore as well, you know, for a dead rubber or whatever. But, um, you know, I think Forrest has played himself into that position now. Um, you know, it's one that he's done before. And, you know, he's in terms of bombing forward, you know, he's he's no, uh, you know, he's not going to be uh, any stranger to, to doing that. And then, you know, worked his way into a good chance, you know, that on, a, on another day may well have gone into the top corner. So, you know, he's, he's proven his, his ability for Scotland. I know. He's he's missed you know pretty much the majority of the the last season and you know he's probably still just getting back up to kind of peak fitness now but you know for for me I think Clark has got you know a lot to change for the England game I think firstly you know Forrest's coming into that position and, and secondly Che Adams starting from the start because um you know that's I think that was a a terrible decision in all honesty that that clearly went against them. I mean, I'm a big Lyndon Dykes fan. I think what he did for us in terms of getting us here, he played a big part on and coming up with big moments that contributed to us getting here in the first place. Although, you know, at a certain point, Shea Adams is he's a superior There's no no he call just, for nostalgia in tournament football. That's the thing. You know, we've seen it just before, does. you know. Shea Adams yeah. plays at a higher level. Um, he's already proven every time he's in a, I think he's put three goals in seven appearances for Scotland. Yeah, um, like that, yeah. Some of them as a sub as well uh, for for Shea Adams, and obviously he is playing. He's playing against and his league. He's playing against you know Ruben Diaz, you know um, Harry Maguire, uh, Sionchu, you know Liam Cooper. <laughs> Leeds he'll be playing against. Yeah. He'll be playing against a lot of hard back lines. You know, even even the even of the lesser teams of the Premier League. You know, you still get a Ben Mee and a Tarkovsky. To play against exactly. you know, when, exactly. you're, when you're a striker, you know, essentially, you, know, you don't really play in the Premier League unless unless you get a decent back line, you know. Um, so that's who. That's I mean, who I, I'd be happy with them both. You know? To be honest with you, I take them both. I think Christie. But that was that was um, that was my thing for the start. I wanted yeah. I wanted both of them on the pitch. And I think it worked Def- well against Luxembourg, and I, I yeah. prefer right. I don't think Christie's played himself into it. To be honest, I think um, I think Christie's maybe uh, going to find himself on the bench against England. Um, you know, I think. He had a pretty poor first 45 minutes, in all honesty. Probably the poorest I've he seen him play in a Scotland jersey. Yes, yeah, just totally anonymous. So, um, so I, yeah, I think that, that'll probably be a few changes that you'll see. You know, McTominay, I think, if, if Tierney's not available, McTominay drops back and plays a Hendry. Forrest will come in at right wing back, hopefully. Um, and, you know, we'll see Christie dropping out for Adams. And then it's just whether Callum McGregor gets the nod to come in at centre midfield or if he goes with Gilmore. Uh, very much as hell. I think the reason why McTominay had to come into the midfield was just purely because of Thomas Suchek and they pretty much man mm-hmm. man the full game. Um, Suchek, is, he's a big presence and he, he, he's had an absolutely terrific season in the Premier League. And I, I, I do agree with Steve Clark that we probably needed McTominay for the height in midfield and we didn't really mm-hmm. have another player that could maybe go man for man with Thomas Suchek other than Scott McTominay. Um, but I just think, I think Stephen O'Donnell and Lyndon Dykes were the... Or maybe I wanted Shea Adams and Lyndon. I've, I've been that from from day one. You don't have Calman. We spoke about our ideal elevens that I wanted yeah. both the big men on the pitch at the same time. But yeah, the, those those was those were the areas we got it wrong. I think you know. Yeah. I think Stephen O'Donnell is very much showing his level. Um, yeah. Because I think it was a up. bit of a, if you pardon the pun, a bit of a reality check for us as well. You know, I think we've all been you know twenty three years of waiting and waiting and waiting, and for that. You know the pressure that must have been on those boys' shoulders. You know was was tremendous. You know with the, the entire nation talking up that, that fixture and being the one that you know they had to get off to the good start in the in in the in the group. Uh, and obviously it's just not not happened. Um, so they just need to dust themselves off. You know they they can go and play England with absolutely nothing to fear. 
um, you know, we've we've got a fantastic opportunity to turn around what has been an awful start. And hey, you never know. We've got we still believe, you know, that's the thing. So we've still got to give these boys every bit of backing. Um, you know, the the tour- tournament's not over until that final ball's kicked for us. So, um, you know, we we will go into that England game with with every uh, piece of optimism and hope and confidence and maybe wishful thinking that we can find. We're going to both those games, you know, against Croatia and England, and, and we have nothing to fear. We know we need to get a win. There's no point in like two draws. Two draws doesn't absolutely. Um, you know, we need to we need to get a win. Uh, we need to win one of those two games, and if we don't, we, we ain't got really much of a chance. We need to win it fairly convincingly as well. <laughs> Check the public if if they if they hold out, then against England or Croatia again, we're all that that's yeah. us. Uh, that's the thing. We don't want to finish bottom. Zero goals, zero points. You know that's that's absolutely not what we want. So we, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what we're saying on next week's Vailcast and see where we finished in the group. So, um, but yeah, so uh, we'll we'll move on. Maybe like I say, we're not going to cover every single game. So apologies to the the Polish and Slovakian fans. I think that's uh, <laughs> you know apologies for not covering that. But France, Germany, last well, couple yeah, of nights ago now, if you're watching. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, I, I, I think that would. That would be a quite a good game to finish on there. So, uh, obviously, another own goal uh, just to carry on from where we started, Simo. So, mm-hmm. own goal that separated them out with Hummels putting in his own net. Yeah, but, Matt um, uh, but again, maybe not the biggest spectacle that you know it might have might have thrown up uh, the opportunity of being. But you know, again, you're watching those players, and it is just different level. You know, Kylian Mbappe. Um, you know, arguably justifying himself as one of the finest players on the planet. Um, you know, great to see Benzema back in a French shirt as well. I think Pogba had a, a really solid game as well. Uh, I know him and, and Rudiger got, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely incredible his range. So, um, and obviously Rudiger was trying to get up close and personal with him as well at one point, but we'll move on from that. So, um, so yeah, again, France showing themselves to be, you know, that kind of tip uh, up put my hands up that was that was my tip for the tournament so i'm happy with that start for them so um so yeah so that's that's kind of round one i suppose we've we've obviously had a couple of round two games or, or match day two games that have uh, been played already but um it's still in a lot of these groups it's still all to play for so i'm very excited to see what the next week throws up for us uh, and yes we'll, we'll just keep our fingers crossed for you know a, a good result along the way for the scots yeah yeah absolutely um in terms of the france game France were superb, but the entire back line was superb. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, cause especially when Germany really started to put on the pressure, um, and the, the, there was a few you know, uh, phases of the game where, where Germany were, were right up and had and had France pinned in, but just mm-hmm. couldn't really mm-hmm. over the line. Um, they they but, seem to kind of be playing in fourth gear a little bit, the Germans, I must admit. They just never, yeah. they didn't look that kind of clinical side that, that demolished Brazil not that long ago, you know? So, and, and like to. You know, some of these kind of big name players, you know, obviously there's a few that have come back, you know, out of, out of international wilderness. But, you know, the likes of Serge Gnabry, who was absolutely tearing it up at, at, uh, at Bayern, you know, was, was looking more and more like the player that was on loan at West Brom, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a difficult one for, <laughs> for old uh, Yogi Lowe, but I'm sure he'll want to finish his German uh, career on a high as well. So, Again, I, I imagine that there'll be a couple of couple of really cracking games in that in that group yeah. to come. So obviously, I mentioned to Portugal as well. Um, scoreline maybe flared them a wee bit with all those late goals, but you know I, I'm very much looking forward to France Portugal. Uh, I must admit, I think that's going to be one of the games of the the entire tournament. I'm very much looking forward to it. Too. Uh, I want to mention just about the Germans. It looked as if the entire German team was a pass behind Tony Cruz. <laughs> just <laughs> as if Tony, Tony Cruz was just like. 
absolutely superb and and it just like I get a pass and a yard ahead of, of the entire German squad. Um, but obviously they weren't balanced particularly well. Joshua Kimmich was out in the right hand side at right wing back, and obviously as a midfield, and they can play out there. They can play out there for ba- for Bayern. Um, but obviously leaving just Cruz and Gundogan in the in the midfield, you know, it, maybe you could do that when you've got a Gretzka on the pitch or something, yeah. that big unit. But you know, <laughs> against Ngolo Kanté, they've not got a chance. You know, I often find myself missing large portions of the game when Ngolo Kanté's playing because I end up just watching his movement. I'm not really watching with the ball is. I'm just watching him move around the park. Well, I think it was um, Mr. Ali McCoyst that came out with the cracker last night on the on the commentary on that one was... Uh, yeah. I can't remember which French player it was he referenced, but, you know, he said, uh, the earth, 70% is covered by water, the remaining 30% is covered by N'Golo Kante. And mm-hmm. pretty bang on with that one, really, you know. I think yeah, he's such much, a... Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's had his plaudits, obviously, and, and you know, was, uh, you know the, one of the standouts... Um, for, for Chelsea again uh, this season so I think he's just a wonderful wonderful player and goes about things in the right way as well as a great role model for kids looking uh, to to come into the game as well so you know he's the kind of player that you know a lot of a lot of teams would want to have so so yeah um again it'll be a big tournament for him and him and Pogba seem to work quite well together I wasn't sure how that would go um but they seem pretty balanced so so yeah looking good for the French um and we'll just we'll see how how their next couple of matches go and see where they end up in this group but no danger that they'll be uh you know, won't be progressing from this group, I would say. So they'll they'll be again one of those star names that you'll see at the latter end of the, the tournament. Most definitely. Right, Carl, we need to finish up with our giveaway for Yes. We were giving away uh, a, a, a a football stadium print from the um, from the state stadium prints, Twitter handle at stadium print. Uh, they were kind enough to join with us and partners. Unfortunately, we didn't have that many entries. Uh, if you do want to enter in these giveaways, we're always you know looking out for them for st- stuff to give back to you guys. Make sure you follow us on all the stores on the socials. Um, yeah. Well, maybe well. maybe next time, Simo, we'll try it. I know this this time around was just kind of exclusively for uh, you know a Twitter competition. Yeah. Um, you know, we will we will put it across maybe the the rest of the socials because you know we we appreciate that not everybody's on every single social media channel. Um, you know, and we want everybody to to have an opportunity to to take part in these great competitions that we're going to have, and, and all these giveaways that will be coming up over the the next couple of months. So, um, so yeah, as I say, this one was was exclusive to Twitter, but we'll we'll mix it up as we as we go forward. Um, and yeah, just get yourself involved. You know, some fantastic opportunities. This is quite a um, you know a unique opportunity, I suppose, really to have a fantastic bit of of uh, artwork up on your wall uh, of of Princess Royal Park. So. You know, if, uh, if that's the kind of thing you're in for, then, you know, better luck next time round, I suppose. So, um, but yeah, Simo, have we, do we have a winner or am yeah, I going to so, pick a winner? <laughs> yeah, you're going to pick a winner. So I've assigned all the entries uh, a number. Okay. And I want you to pick a number between one and seven. One and seven. Right. Okay. We've we'll go, we got a drum roll. We'll go number five. <laughs> number five is... All things football. My co-host on the Total Steelers podcast, oh, uh, Jed Clark. There we go. <laughs> and he's well absolutely done, he's, he's he's absolutely <laughs> mad for this sort of stuff. So it's probably it's going to be something that I actually really really That's appreciate it. Uh, good. So well good. My, uh, Glad it's going to a good home Jed. anyway. So no, oh, brilliant. And well, I'm sure we'll get Jed on the show at some point in the future as well. I, know I think he might come on uh, next week. I think he might come brilliant. on next week. Well, we've got um, just to touch on next week. So, but firstly, thank you very much to the Football Stadium Prince for. Um, you know, partnering with us for this competition, first of many, we hope, and um, you know, we'll be uh, doing a lot more with with them going forward. So, no big thanks there. So, um, next week, though, just before we finish, 
Um, I know we've kind of touched on Wales a wee bit tonight, but next week um, we're getting a bit of a Wales Takeover Euro special. Um, as we've got uh, Sam and Alex from the Send Them Off podcast. Um, I was a guest on their show um, as we did a kind of build up to the Euros um, not that long ago. So Sam and Alex uh, from Send Them Off are going to be coming on to the show next week to talk all things Wales. Um, these guys are, are a great, great bunch of guys. Um, and also I'll be interested to see, I don't know if anybody did watch that podcast, um, but one of the guys there, uh, Alex, he, he did promise to... Uh, run around the street or his street uh, in his pants if North Macedonia managed to score a goal. Um, so to the, the big powerhouse wow. of North Macedonia and, and Mr. Pandev, I'm Mr. hoping that Pandev. that will have happened by, uh, by the time <laughs> that the guys come on next week. So so yeah, next week will be an absolute cracker of a show. We'll have a very good laugh with them um, as we talk everything Wales, uh, which will be uh, something a bit different for us, I suppose. But I might need to practice my, my Welsh before that. Lovely stuff. Rightio, that is going to do us for this week. If you have enjoyed the show, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, we are here for you every Thursday at 7.30pm. Uh, we will go live at 150 subscribers. Make sure you do hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that like button. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, we will see you in the next one. Cheerio, bye.